Welcome to the Dental Business Podcast with your host and owner of multiple businesses, a mentor, investor, and dental surgeon, Brad Thornton. Thank you for, for joining us, uh, Nin. Um, I've asked you to come on because, um, you know, we've had a chat about using Inquiry Bot um, and, you know, it appealed to me because, you know, I know, especially nowadays, how important it is to try and engage people, catch people's attention. And, you know, the whole idea of, of basically trying to get all these little incremental gains where we can and, you know, speaking to you, I could see how much what you're doing um, is basically tailored towards that, giving people a little bit more of an edge uh, when it comes to the customer experience. Um, so if if you wouldn't mind, would you just kind of give people a little bit of background, kind of what, what it is that you're doing uh, with dental practices uh, and what you've been doing with mine as well? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But again, th- you know, again, Brad, th- thank you very much for, you know, organising this. And here we are on a Sunday, yeah, and it's all good. <laughs> and you're right. I think we can have our best conversations on a Sunday, um, and I think it's because the distractions are not there. And you know, I remember working at a practice in London, and we slowly, slowly started responding more to the demand. The demand was so big that we would have to, you know, go from nine to six to nine to seven. And then eight to seven. And then also now it's open eight to eight because the demand was so big. And then we went into Saturdays. And then finally we went into Sundays, which was, you know, very interesting for the, for the, uh, the nursing team. But we did it. And interestingly enough, we had our best conversions on a Sunday. Um, and because, you know, you've got to track, first of all, whatever you do in marketing or in business, I reckon, you've got to track it. Otherwise, you don't know what's going to work or, or you know, what to tweak. But uh, and, and I've stuck true to that, that if you want, if, if you're brave enough and, and you've got the right team in place who want to support what you want to do as a principal and practice owner, um, Sundays is a great day uh, as a great, because the distractions are gone for the patient. And in, in my experience, and coming back to your question, uh, Brad, is, you know, in my experience, and it's very, it's, it's not vast, it's dental practices tend to build their businesses around them. So the, the principles, I mean, the principles tend to build their business around them and what they know. And that's fine because that's, you know, that's their prerogative. And also they mean to do well and they want to do the right for the business. However, it's like having a restaurant that opens from nine to five. You know, your best customers are going to finish out and come to you after five o'clock. So you wouldn't have a nightclub during the daytime. It doesn't make any sense. So yeah. we should be thinking more about the patient and, and how can we, serve them it's all about service at the end of the day um so anyway that's that's my point on, on sundays and how sundays can be very valuable um so to answer your question um i've been working with dental practices now close to 15 years uh the, the, my background is sales and marketing and advertising um and i got into uh working with invisalign back in 2008 2009 when i was working with an agency that had a product uh, that put a couple of te- a couple of layers of technology over over google campaigns and it was really cool and it worked extremely well for uh, dentists so we, we got teamed up with Invisalign and the TMs were we were going around up and down the country uh, and meeting these dental practices them selling the Invisalign packages and me selling the uh, the marketing packages that they need to fuel it um, so from that I got to see firsthand how 
principals would be spending so much money in marketing, in, you know, buying these, these uh, treatment packs like Invisalign and lots of other stuff as well. And the big responsibility of running a practice, they were like, you know, spending lots of money basically. And I would watch them bleed it. I was like, wow, you, you, you're spending all this money on marketing and, and, and attracting the patient. But then through, through the, the lack of what you don't know, and it's not an attack of what they should know, you know, they just haven't been trained in, in, my, in my opinion, and they don't have the experience. So they're doing with their best intentions, but they don't realize that along that way, along that journey, um, they're bleeding patients. And bleeding sounds a very nasty word because it sounds, you know, you're related to blood, but it means that if you're spending, say, for example, five, ten thousand pounds on attracting patients, i.e. marketing systems, stuff like that, if you don't have the right patient journey in place, closing those doors and it's watertight, if I can use that expression, then the, the patients will drop off faster than you think and you won't know. And what happens is they tend to blame the marketing. They don't realize that internal uh, systems, you know, can be a lot more efficient. Anyway, so I saw that and I thought, I really want to help. And, and I, you know, I made the brave step of uh, leaving employment and starting my own consultancy uh, back in 2013. And since then, I've pr primarily worked with uh, private dental practices wanting to uh, become more efficient uh, and, and scaling their business. Um, and of course, if you ask any principal practice owner, they, they, who doesn't want that? Who doesn't want a more efficient practice that has a, a, a beautiful patient journey and leverages some really nice profit? That's what everyone wants. Um, but in my experience, what I've seen is that it's it's because they don't know that it's, that's yeah. why they're not doing it. Yeah. So, yeah. Brad, I hope that answers your question. But I wanted to kind of yeah. set the scene that I get labelled as a marketing person, and 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 that's not correct because marketing is is one piece of the puzzle. Um, yeah. And then I have to label myself as a business consultant. But you know, even even when yeah. I reply with business consultant, they say, "Okay, great. What do you do?" Um, yeah. So I have to label myself as a an Invisalign and dental practice growth consultants. That is like, you know, what it says on the tin. Yeah, I think when uh, when people talk about marketing, it's always, or at least a lot of people perceive it as the sort of generation of, it's like the attraction of new people, of, of strangers into the practice. Um, and then that's it. But, but I actually think that dental marketing and practice marketing, it, it stems, in a way, it stems that whole journey because they're the one in the same because the way the receptionist speaks to current patients or new patients and inquiries impacts on it's the, it's marketing and then the way the dentists do the consultations that is part of marketing the way the treatment plans are presented the way that the coordinators do their job the way that you might do follow-up and ask for referrals and do all of the stuff so by the time you've kind of realized how much these little little parts of the whole process impact marketing in a general wider sense you realize that actually the whole practice forms part of that marketing process um because if you don't have good treatment plan uh, good treatment outcomes or good treatment plan presentations or good consultations or do the right thing when you finish treatment you can attract as many people as you want but if you don't get other bits right then it's pointless Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. And, and uh, I think speaking of, sort of the patient patient journey, one thing that you've really sort of garnered quite a bit of attention for right now is the inquiry bot. Um, 
you know, this kind of one of the, the, the first touch points that a patient might have with your practice would be the website. Um, and do you want to talk to us about how inquiry bot, how it integrates in sort of what's the, what's the benefit of it and what are you trying to sort of, I don't know, raise awareness about, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 you know, inquiry bot is a very uh, unique product and I'll, I'll you know, I, I fell in love with it as soon as I understood what it did, and and there was there, there is a little piece before there, but I just want to touch on what you um you you said something about marketing. You know, uh, number one, I totally agree with you. Um, you. When you're running a business, marketing is how you communicate that business, and you know, we're in the world of sales. So when when you're in when you're in the business of business, I you have a practice, you have a business, and for a business to function, you need to sell. And the dental industry, again, in my experience, they don't like that word sales. They don't like word, they don't like that word selling. They think it's, you know, it would still tarnish with the whole double glazing, pushy, pushy, uh, you know, I'm not leaving your house until you buy type um, feeling. And, and it's completely not true. And the best way to understand, number one, we have to appreciate we're in business. Number two, we have to appreciate that, hey, somebody's got to pay these bills. Number three, the way we do that is we have to sell our services. And our services is, you know, high quality dental care. So that five letter word, sales, is just a word. It, yeah. It's really the, the word that, you know, we, we use to, to communicate our treatment. Marketing is the way that we communicate our message, right, and our, you know, our business message. So first of all, we have to get over the fact that, you know, we're in sales. And the best way to do that, I think, is just change the spelling of the word sales to information. If you change the word from that five-letter word sales, change the spelling to information, then it becomes the same thing, but it's a lot easier to digest. And, and what we're doing is a patient comes to us because they believe we can help them. And what we have to do is we have to educate them with information about the treatment, about Invisalign, about the process, about attachments whatever it is they just don't know what they what they've got is they've got a perceived value or uh, or a perception of what clear can do right and they've got a perceived value of what dental implants are or, or whatever treatment is that you want to advertise or, or your marketing but what we're talking about is education and sales is another word for information and when you when you exchange information you educate the patient and when you educate the patient you build trust and when you build trust they come to you um yeah. so that's on that point sorry brad i know you mentioned you've asked me a question about inquiry but i wanted to touch on that yeah. It, yeah you know i hope you don't mind me saying that but that's the fundamental first step that we uh, as business owners and when, when i say we you know i'm a business owner but when i say when i use the word we I put myself in the in the practice owner's position because as a business consultant, I become that client because I talk yeah. suppliers and stuff like this. So yeah, we, we have to first appreciate that. Um, so uh, have, you, have you got any points on that? Did I make that? Yeah, I, yeah, I know you mean. I think uh, I think sometimes people find it hard to reconcile medical healthcare with with, with money. You know, this is kind of sort of mismatch in in what some people perceive as being the right thing to do. They don't, I mean. You know, we are in, it's, you know, we are a business and it's, it's okay to get paid to do what we do. 
Um, you know, we can provide patients and, and our customers with something that nobody else can. And, you know, that, that kind of cost of sale, whatever that is, is just the, the sort of the gap between what somebody's problem is and what your solution to their problem is. And it's kind of, I think some people find it quite hard to, to, to understand that. And I think people are getting more accepting of it. I think that sort of the younger generation of dentists that are coming up through um, maybe a bit more of a social media, Instagram kind of sort of environment where you can see successful people more often, whether that's a good thing or not. You know, there are people who are carrying out brilliant dentistry and you know, they are, whether it is true to life or not, they're portraying a, a certain lifestyle. So I think people are starting to, to understand it more. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I, I totally agree with what, with what you're saying. Um, but, but yeah, it's, um, you know, it, it is an interesting one because patients are there, I think. But sometimes dentists hold themselves back a bit. Yeah, I mean, the, the patient knows that they're going to be parting with money. That's, that's yeah. the same feeling you get when you walk into uh, high street shops, you know, when we, when we could freely. Um, any, any, any shop you go into, whether it's a sandwich shop or a clothes shop, if your intention is to buy, you're going to be parting with money. If you're going to a dental practice, they're not going to give it for free. You, they know that this is going to cost. What we have to do is we have to explain why the product or the treatment cost what it cost and and another analogy and a good good comparison is this when you look at the likes of let's say for example i'm no expert in fashion right Mm -hmm. when you look at the likes of let's say let's say louis vuitton um i think maybe that's a poor example i'm thinking now handbags but let's think uh, someone that a really high-end clothes shop let's say gucci okay so if you've got gucci and you've got primark for example both very successful businesses both doing really well and they both got a certain target market but they both sell clothes and they both sell cardigans, right? You can tell my age now, I've used the word cardigan, yeah? <laughs> so if, you, if you're a person who wants a cardigan, you can go to Primark and get a cardigan. Great, tick in the box. If you want a cardigan, uh, you can go to Gucci and get a cardigan, yeah? Now what's the difference, right? There's, we have to educate the patient saying, well, one, one cost X, very, very low, one cost why very very high what's the difference and um, it's only excuse me it's only when you explain that this is designed by this person it's made in this way with using this fabric and hand stitch blah blah whereas this one for example is mass produced and uh you know it's the quality after one wash is going to deteriorate faster than this one for example it's only when you educate the person the customer that they think yeah and it's all about appreciation as in appreciation so you know, we know that there's direct-to-consumer models out there for aligners, right? Which market themselves a lot less, uh, a lot more affordable, let's say, than the likes of Invisalign, for example. It's almost double the price, almost. Okay, so what's the difference? And it's our job to educate. We have to say, hey, look, you can go to a direct-to-consumer model, and here's what you get, but here's what you don't get. And then if you come here, our practice. Here's what we do and why we do it. It's the same way explaining that cloth between Gucci cardigans and cardigans from Primark. Nothing's wrong. They're both very successful products and they both will tick a box, but it comes down to education and then what the patient chooses to go for. Yeah. yeah. Does, that, does that make sense? Yeah, I think um, 
sort of on a similar similar thread to what you've just said, you know, with you know, if you're a good, to be a good salesman um, in general, you need to have good communication, rapport building. You've got to have certain qualities that will enable you to be good at that. Um, but as well as selling a product, if you're selling yourself or you're trying to communicate a clinical outcome to a patient or talking to them about something which at first they may not quite understand, you kind of need to have those skills anyway. Yes. And so they kind of lend themselves to the same thing. So, you, you know, you, the more confident you are explaining things and um, you were talking about appreciation, a part of the appreciation is the dentist appreciating themselves as well um, and, and communicating in, in, in a way that that lends itself to basically what the patient is looking for in a dentist and by default you end up probably being quite a good salesman because of it um yeah. i'm interested because we, we talked about you know, we sort of briefly mentioned the social media thing and i think one thing that has, has evolved a bit over time with the advent of social media and, and the internet shopper and all of that is that you know the window shoppers of of the past are now scrolling through stuff on online um so what do you sort of know about how we as a business can basically make people stop? Give, you know, give us that edge in terms of trying to get a potentially window shopping customer or somebody that's found us briefly to engage and to, to grab, grab their attention. Um, well, I mean, that's that's a that's a big question um, that you've asked, because what we're talking about there is the whole the whole ecosystem of, of marketing. You know, it's not social media is one element uh, of the marketing message. You know, our website falls into that uh, magazine adverts that some of us may do. Uh, definitely social media. Instagram is, you know, massively uh, influential. What we do on Facebook, what we do on Google reviews. And there's so many things that's, that's not. I mean, that could be a different podcast in itself, to be fair, uh, Brad. Um, I do think, though, dentists, they, they are very unique in their skill set as people. And, you know, you, you might remember um, when, when we spoke about Inquiribot, I, I give my opinion on, um, on what I think dentists are. And again, it's a very, very generalization, uh, very big generalization with a big broad brush. And... I, I, I have massive respect for them because they are the following. They are educated, intelligent, academic. They're skilled clinicians. They've gone through that uh, training um, and they're business owners. So they, they've got all, that, all the, the pressures and responsibility of, of running a business that patients would never think about. Um, and sometimes staff don't even, even think about. Um, so they're pretty unique. And, and nine times out of 10, you know, they're doing well. They're commercially sound, the car, the house and the holidays, right? hopefully fingers crossed nine times out of ten um so they're very unique and and you know this brings me on to the point and that they have the best intention for their practice they go to work they go to the practice you know high-fiving the team coffees for everyone and then and they go to let you know let's have a great day but they don't know what they don't know and uh luckily you know very grateful for people like myself we can help them in, in things that they don't know uh, and it's okay because I don't know how to fix teeth and I would never dare get a plier and, and, and open, my, open my mouth with a mirror to try and do it myself. I'd go to the expert. Um, so onto your question, social media, especially Instagram stories and TikTok, things like this. I think it's a, it's a, it's a 
a fantastic platform to build that confidence because of all the attributes that I've just mentioned, you know, academic, skilled clinicians, um, business owners, very important. Um, you've got to be confident. You have to be confident with the patients. And, and uh, I, I, you know, I do feel it for, for dentists who are extremely skilled as clinicians who don't have those people skills uh, or get nervous around talking to patients. Um, but that, that, Brad, and if this goes well, I'd love to have a discussion on that because I've got, a, I've got a, my own feelings about dentists talking about money, dentists talking about treatment costs. For me, I think it's a no-no. Um, but I know many, many dentists, in fact, all of them, every single one I've worked with, um, they tend to talk about money you know, to the patient. Um, and, I, and I think that's a mistake. But if we don't mind, I want to come back to your original question about Inquiribot because that leads on to everything else. Because, you know, the patient journey, Brad, has got so many stages. It's not many, but there are stages. But each of those stages you can really go deep into because the first, the first stage is what I label as perceived uh, value. And perceived value is your marketing message, is what, what the patient would perceive you to be without having spoken to you or visited you. And that is the quality of our logo. Uh, you know, the, do we have a strap line, uh, a slogan that we, that we uh, you know, believe in? What's the colors of our website? What's the color of our brand? How does that website work? Is it mobile friendly? Does it have inquiry bot on? Something like that, you know? It's all perceived. We, we, could, we could be, uh, you know, some, someone in, in, a, in a little room at the back of the house in a shed. You could be the most skilled clinician and have a little uh, uh, clinic in the back of your garden. But if you have a really cool website and a cool marketing message with confidence in video, uh, you, you, can, you can give a, a very different uh, perception to the outside world. And that's fine, you know? And, and I think it's a, that's a whole different sphere that we need to go into, but um, it's not a short answer, but very important. You know, never have we had so many platforms that we can utilize for free, you know, very important for free. Um, and we, you know, we, we all know people that don't advertise, no, no uh, Google pay-per-click ad, uh, campaigns, no Facebook campaigns, uh, no what we call pay search media, right? That do really well. And what they don't realize, they're actually their own marketing person, they're, 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 they're their own marketing campaign. So they're very, very good at um, Instagram stories, for example. Right, so they are, they think it. Oh, I'm not. I'm not spending money on on marketing. What? Well, you are, because your time is going into making those stories. But you know what? It works, and it works really well. So you know, imagine doing both. Imagine having that. Um, you know that that message on on Instagram stories, for example, being so confident, being so engaging with your patients, and, and also, by the way, real. That's one of the great things about TikTok and Instagram stories and Facebook stories is that it gives an opportunity for us to be real. And it's so it's so warming to see, you know, dentists showing their personality, um, you know, dancing, you know, playing, having fun with this stuff. I think that's brilliant, um, and, and that's what I think the social media has given that. But coming back to the, I think one of your questions, uh, you know, inquiry bot, and why I fell in love with it, and also why uh, I wanted to develop it for the dental industry. Um, but yeah, but you know, I do want to go into that because I think it's, uh, I think it's. A, I genuinely believe it's a game changer. I think it's yeah. go, I think websites are at a point where they need to evolve. We haven't really evolved websites. They've, you know, hey, by the way, websites are amazing. 
that's our marketing message, you know, but we need to get more kind of up with the times. And we have to, we have to be responsive to the market. Patience, you know, we have to listen and, and respond to how the patients want us to respond. For example, WhatsApp, amazing platform for communication. Amazing. We all do it. It's my number one, probably most used app. And I would imagine everyone listening to this, you know, theirs as well. You know, it's like message me, WhatsApp me. Um, it's no more emails. Emails are like bottom of the list now. Yeah. yeah. So we have to respond to that. So if our websites are not, haven't got, you know, uh, WhatsApp for business, for example, well, you're missing a trick. If, you, if you've got a, a Facebook ad campaign and you're not using Messenger or ManyChat, for example, then you're missing a trick because it's about engagement. And we all know that when you get a message on Instagram from a patient or a potential patient, uh, you can really engage with them and uh, and get them booked in faster than you you would do if they called. Uh, and that's where I think InquiryBot is coming in. It's coming at a point where I think the time is websites do need to evolve. You know, I got I got I I got my own thoughts on contact forms. Contact forms on websites now are what I call 80s. You know, they're it's out of date. But uh, by the way, I'm a big fan of the 80s. You know, 80s was one of the decades. So maybe I should change it to the 90s. The 70s just seems too too long ago. Websites weren't around. But they're out of date. And, and what I mean is we can have a really nice-looking contact form, but they're just not very inviting. When, when you see a contact form, what goes through your mind is, bloody hell, I've got to fill that thing in. Yeah? And, yeah. You, you, you know, we're so time short now that people have a perception is when they look at it thinking, oh, that's, that's, that's three minutes of my life I've got to waste. Yeah? yeah. And there's some websites out there, without naming any names, some website that they have like a 10 field long contact form because again the principal has made the decision that they want to create that for the practice let's make let's make the processes about the practice that's wrong we need to make the processes about our customer which is the patient and patients want engagement and patients want platforms like uh facebook chat uh instagram messenger uh, WhatsApp Messenger, and now, of course, InquiryBot. And so yeah. I, th I think it fits in just nicely, yeah? So Yeah, I, I will, just on that, I think actually what um, one one thing you mentioned there, yeah, e evolution, I think that's a really good way to frame it, actually. Um, the You know, we're evolving with the times and we're kind of in, evolving with what our sort of prospective patients, how they want to communicate, and you, we've kind of got to meet them where they are rather than try to pull everybody to where we're just comfortable. Um, and also just to, on, just on that contact form, I think what goes through some people's minds is that, um, you know, if we can get more information from a patient at that first checkpoint, or we can get them to divulge information or, or go into more detail, we'll maybe tap into some of their kind of emotional triggers that we can then. So if, if they say, oh, well, I'm, I'm unhappy about my smile, if they write all this in, I think the theory is that, you know, they're they're expressing themselves. Maybe they feel like they've opened up a bit. Maybe we're asking a bit more information. So we know that that person's a serious, in quote marks, um, inquiry, not a waste of time inquiry because they've, they've spent the time putting that in. But yeah. I think sort of then, then kind of backing up what you've said, me personally, you know, I inquire for, for certain things and, 
I am a, I'm a lazy shopper, so I, d- I don't want to do that either. So I think the way Inquiry bought, it kind of ticks both bits, doesn't it? Where you've got, and by the way, if anybody's listening that doesn't know Inquiry bot, they're going to be going, well, what is this? Explain <laughs> what Inquiry bot is, for God's sake. <laughs> just, what is this? Can we, can, we, can we just tick that box, Ryan? So basically, I, I got introduced to Inquiry bot literally this time last year, and I did the classic thing of using my past experience to make a future judgment. And so when, when I heard the word bot and I saw it visually, I, I pigeonholed it as live chat. I pigeonholed it as one of those little things in the corner of your website, like a speech bubble saying, hey, we're here to help. Um, and, and by the way, it's a great product, you know, live chat and that facility of being able to communicate. It's a great product. It's actually a great idea. It doesn't work as well uh, as we want it to because which I will come on to this point, which is more important than any product. I'm going to talk about the psychology of the patient. Um, but live chat and widgets, uh, especially automated robots, this, it's a great concept. They just haven't worked well. And that's why people have this kind of like, oh, no, don't want that. That's exactly what happened to me. And I brushed it off. And we, you know, we pushed back about, I probably lost four or five months. But then it went live on a client that I work with. And the results were really, really impressive. Um, so inquiries went up, cost per lead came down, obviously, um, but also revenue went up because you, you're, you're capturing more um, more inquiries, of course. So I thought it was a fluke because of lockdown um, and it happened just after you know we had that first lockdown. So we did it again and again, very, very promising results. And we did it again. And then I put it on some other client websites and the same thing. And then it got my attention. I gave those guys a call. And I said, why? You know, you've got a really interesting product and I got it wrong. Which, which is fine, um, which is also interesting about you know, people's perceptions. But also, I really want to help you develop this for the dental industry because although any person that is buying a product goes through a certain psychology of uh, psychological buying process, that never changes. But for dental practice patients, it's a bit unique. That journey, that patient journey is slightly unique in, in, in the way of, you know, can you upload a photograph, for example, of your teeth? That, that's unique. You, know, you don't need to do that if you're going to go buy a cardigan, for example. Um, you don't need to send a picture, for example. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I really had a chat with those guys. And the reason why I chose to join them is it's their philosophy. And philosophy is more important than the product. Because if, if you, once you understand the philosophy of why something's doing, why something's happening or why it works so well, then you can apply that to other parts of your business. You know, and, and, it, and I'll be straight with you. I've made my living on the back of understanding this, the psychology of sales. You know, my, my background is, 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 is literally sales and marketing, but it's understanding. And I'm, I, I get quite inquisitive about, well, why does that work? And why did I get it wrong? And how can we use that somewhere else in the, in the patient journey? So, yeah, we developed uh, inquirybot.dental. Um, that's literally just gone live, inquirybot.dental. That's anyone in, uh, listening. That's the website address. Um, and, and it's been amazing, absolutely amazing in terms of uh, the response, the uptake, but more importantly, patient engagement. And, and I will come on to why I believe it, it works so well. Um, so yeah, just to answer that question, Inquiribot is a, uh, is a, new, um, it, it's a new take. It's, it's actually, uh, like you use that word again, evolution on live chat, but it's, it's customized and it's programmed to your own practice. Um, and although it's automated, which is you know, in terms of a robot, 
it's actually comes across like a very very switched on um, person at reception so it's it's like a concierge service so we need to get rid of the word bot in your mind because or, or your perception of the word bot and and uh, it's not a chat widget um, it's actually a concierge service or your website which is which is going to bring me on to another point but just want to make sure brad that i'm answering your questions because yeah. i get so excited about inquiry bot because it leads up to so many different uh, things um but but primarily it's it's not the product that's amazing it's what it does to the, the psychology of the patient and that's what i want to really in, in this little yeah. segment i uh, want to make sure that people understand it's it's what it does to the patient's psychology that's more valuable to your practice than having this little chat widget uh in, in the corner of the screen yeah 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 i mean i think with that i mean i'm sure you're going to talk about it now but just as a just as a silent we've had two inquiries that have come through today one for uh, for tooth whitening and one for dental implants i think um and when you look at the inquiry kind of conversation right, right one second did you that's put a smile on my face and i know people you can't they can't see our faces <laughs> but that you know honestly that's music to my ears i can't tell you how that makes me feel happy um because it's a sunday your practice is yeah. closed you know, and that just goes to show we've got to respond and be there for our patients, our audience. And that here we are on a Sunday um, and you're getting inquiries. And it's just music to my ears. And, and it just validates everything, you know, I believe in and that and also what we should be doing. Um, and I think it's brilliant. And by the way, it's not because of Inquiribot. You didn't get those because of Inquiribot. You got those because of what you've built and the marketing message that you're doing. So, again, I will yeah. explain that it's not inquiry it's not magic dust it's what it's doing to the psychology of the patient in in your current system and your current marketing message but yeah well done sorry you said you got one for tooth whitening and one for implants yeah and the uh and you can see the the, the stuff that they're right and you know you, there's a conversation that you can look at and they're answering questions as though they're speaking to a person you know when they're talking about what their problem is and kind of agreeing to certain things that are sort of built into it and then giving us their information. Um, I think that, you know, you can tell that that person feels as though they've had a legitimate interaction with the business. Yes. Um, you know, I don't think, you know, when you send an inquiry through on a, like you said, a contact form or an email in, you might, because I don't know what the stats are, but I think there's a lot of evidence that backs up the idea that, you know, if, if you're the first person to respond to an inquiry, if, if I inquire at five different businesses and the first one that, I, that responds to me, the chances are I'm going to go with that person. Um, I think if you're sat on a Sunday and you're sending through inquiries or you're, you're looking around and, and you have a little interaction with my practice via inquiry bot, that kind of creates a little bit more of a connection. Okay. And, it, and it's almost like we've gone, respond to inquiry and it sort of just makes that person feel that they've got a little bit more connection with us um, a, i think that's a real that's winning a really nice way of saying it i think brad you know i've not thought of it like that you're right it's almost like your practice is open there's somebody yeah. there at reception you know and and when i whenever i speak with anyone who's inquiring about um inquiry about it's been amazing the last uh, few months is i say to them that we wouldn't ever dare be silent to a patient walking to our reception desk. It's the, it's the craziest thing. Can you imagine if a, a, a patient walking into your practice, coming up to your reception desk, you wouldn't there just look at them and stay silent. That would be, yeah. number one, it'd be very rude. Number two, 
it'd be very uncomfortable. And number three, probably around 30 seconds, the patient will walk out because it's just yeah. like this, you wouldn't do it. So I know that's a silly example, but that's what's happening to websites. Patients, and by the way, these are, this is not passing trade. This is not someone who's, who's you know, scrolling the internet and they come across your shop window. They've come to your website because they believe you can help them. And, and you know, if we, if we actually rewind that process and go deeper, there's, there's six steps that happens. And I you remember this, Brad, when I said to you that, that the journey of the click, which is another segment we can talk about, right? It starts with intention. The very first step of a patient getting to your website is the most important, which is intention, which is I have a problem with my teeth. I don't like the color of my teeth. I, I need, I've got missing teeth on an implant. I want straight teeth or I want Invisalign. It doesn't matter. They only go to the internet to find something. Most people only go to Google because they want something. It's not because they're bored. Yeah, it's not because they want to waste anyone's time including their own. They want something. So they go to the internet, they, they type something in that, that's, that's you know, what, what their thoughts are, you know, Invisalign uh, uh, practitioner in X, Y, Z area. Press go, then they're scrolling down. It doesn't, you know, that click doesn't send them to your website straight away. They've got to scroll down, read the listings that are there. And it doesn't matter if it's a paid ad at the top, a map listing or an organic listing, it doesn't matter. They're scrolling down and, and someone there's gonna win the click. That someone's there gonna have a snippet of information that's gonna resonate with what that patient is already thinking and they're gonna go click. And that's five things they've done in a very short period of time, but it is five separate things. And when they land on your website, that's them staring the receptionist and we're looking yeah. back saying nothing. Yeah. And that's why, right, and, I, and everyone listening, I challenge you, that you know, you know, have a think about what you think. How many people leave your website out of 100? So for every 100 people that land on your website, what do you think the number is of people that leave? Which is another way of saying, how many out of 100 actually pick up the phone or fill in a form or do something? And it's very shocking. And the actual result is 3%. If you type it into Google, Google will tell you it's between one to five, right? Depending on you know products and industry, but let's let, let's use five percent. That's shocking. Yeah. That's saying a hundred people who, by the way, are not wasting their time. They've come to you because they believe you can help them, and they've read a snippet of information on the internet that made them go click, and now they're on your site. Yeah. We, number one, we have no control. We're waiting for them to do something, and they're waiting for us to do something, right? 95 out of 100 leave and and that's a shocking stat and inquiry bot who is your five-star concierge service which is like your superstar reception all it's doing is it's, it's interacting more with the 95 that we're going to leave that's all it's doing so this is not a marketing product you know this is not going to go out there and attract more people to your website that's that's a marketing conversation what we're talking about is having a five-star concierge at your front desk. And you know, we're seeing stats now, or you can have a qualified, good quality lead in one minute, 40 seconds, which is sharper than any, any receptionist um, yeah. on, you know, on the front desk. And by the way, we're not trying to do humanize our process. What we're saying is it's a Sunday. Our business is physically closed, right? But InquiryBot gives that impression, that perceived value of that, hey, we're here for you, how can we help? And, you know, and we'll go into the, the mechanics of the product because, again, the psychology of Inquiry Bot is what really turned me on about, like, this is a, this is a really cool product. 
Um, and, and it actually just sits, uh, th those I've spoken to recently know, um, and I've said this to them, it's because of the psychology and the format that the questioning technique follows sits so well with me and my training and my thought process and what I teach uh, principles in, in the training. So, so absolutely, Brad. Number one, I'm really impressed. Uh, sorry, really pleased that you've got those inquiries on a Sunday. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and, and I love the way you said it. It yeah. makes them feel like someone's there and they've been listened to. Yeah, no, well, that's it, isn't it? And it's uh, just giving them a bit of an experience rather than just, uh, like you said, I think actually your, your analogy of, it goes even more than just the reception, be sort of standing there in silence. It's actually where sometimes people may ask a question and then they don't get a response. <laughs> so it becomes even more awkward um, if that was actually going to be happening. Um, yeah, I you know, I, you know what? Brad, you know, don't get me started, right? This is another tech segment we can have, we can have a podcast on. But there is something <clears throat> which, which when, I, when I do my consultancy training, um, which I teach, which is, you know, the, the, the staff, they haven't been trained, you know, and we, we should never, never look down on our staff or, or blame them for only booking, you know, you know, five out of 30 inquiries, for example, as a you know, silly example. But what, what, why is there such a conversion rate when it should be really high? These people came to us because they believe we can help them. So why is there a 30, 40, 50% conversion rate from inquiry to consultation? And a big part of that is the words that we use at reception or, you know, I know a lot of practices now are moving the phones away from reception, which is a brilliant thing to do. Um, yeah. And they have these lean uh, ninjas, uh, what I call an NPC, a new patient coordinator. That needs to be, that's a, the whole sales function needs to be away from the front desk. Again, another conversation. But, you know, these, these patients that are coming to us, again, the journey of the click, they've done six things before they get to you. It's, it's not a bogus lead. It's not a tie kicker. It's not someone wasting their time or yours. These people want information and, and we just simply haven't been trained. So uh, the, the people I've spoken to recently would know that this is very, very close to my heart, which is what I call, the, there's actually a, a, a three-step process. Okay, I'm very, I'm very much a systems and process guy. Things have to sit in, in, in the right order. And the reason why we have such a low conversion rate from inquiry to booking is because we don't understand the psychology of sales. And, and I want to share it with, uh, with your permission, Brad, if you don't mind, can I just share it with you, with your audience? Yeah, is, let's go for it. Uh, again, the reason I'm going to mention this is because inquiry but follows the same structure and the structure is this acknowledge information question. And that those three words, right, which I'm going to go into explaining what they mean, acknowledge, information, question. That's a sales technique. And it's so powerful that if you learn it, write it down, and most importantly, implement it, which, is mean, which means start, start, start using it, please, it will fundamentally change your practice. I guarantee you, you're talking anywhere between three to five thousand pounds more revenue per month without changing anything else. And let me, I will give you an example, but the, you know, the first thing we have to understand are the facts. Let's look at the facts. Fact number one, websites have 95 of 100 people leave. That's Google's international stat. Okay, let's accept that. It's interesting and it's mind boggling, but it's true. 95 people out of 100 leave. Why? We don't have engagement, right? But, you know, they come to our website, there's nothing there. We, the other mistake that we make as business owners 
or website owners, let's be, let's be more specific, is we as business owners assume that these patients know how to navigate our website and they don't. The only person who knows how to navigate your website are people who have been on your website before, i.e. yourself. You're the only person that knows how to navigate that website and the person probably designed it for you. Yeah. And this is, by the way, this is not knocking any of the website designers out there with amazing people out there and we need websites. Okay. But we have, we cannot assume that the patient who's coming to our website for the first time knows how to navigate. Menus are in different places. Telephone numbers are in different places. Some people don't even have a telephone number, which is really interesting. Yeah. And, and that's all cool because we do want to be unique and we want to stand out from the crowd and I get it. Some websites need to be quirky. Yeah. They don't, but they the principal things they do. Anyway, the analogy I use is this: if I if you were look, if you're looking for a suit in a, in a uh, let's say a suit for a wedding, you would go to your uh, department store. You would find the floor. You'd find the men's department. You'd find the suits. You'd find the wedding suits. Easy, right? That's a normal process. I know with COVID and lockdown, it's a bit different. But if we were to take that same person to a different town that they've never visited before, into a brand new shopping center with seven floors and then say, go find your men's, your men's suit for a wedding. They'd have a navigation problem. The first five, 10 minutes is figuring out where the escalators are. The first five, 10 minutes is figuring out where the men's floor is, right? And we're smart people, we can figure it out, but it's valuable time lost. So this is all, you know, you can probably hear the tone of my voice. I get very passionate yeah. about this, but it's very, very important that we assume patients know how to navigate our site and they don't. So it makes you think that, wow, now I can, under, I can understand they, they have a high drop-off rate. Yeah. So here's, here's my point. The most valuable thing that I can share with your audience is this. Learn to ask questions. Because it's the questions that keep people engaged. In, in a standard conversation, you and I, Brad, have, you know, we're, we're through Zoom right now, we're having a conversation. But the person asking questions is in control, and we have to understand it. Let's accept it. In any conversation you have with your, with your spouse, your children, your, your work colleagues, doesn't matter. The person asking questions is the one in control. And what that means is this. If we have a new prospective patient or a customer coming to our business, then we have to first accept the fact that we have to engage them. And then remember the person asking questions is in control. And this brings me on to the point. When a new patient goes through that journey of the click, they land on your site they pick up the phone and call you, which is the sixth step. They're a qualified lead. I promise you, it's not the marketing that's an issue. The patient will ask a question. Hi, do you do dental implants, right? Now, because we're nice, lovely people, we say, yes, we do. And then the patient will ask another question. Great, how much is it? And then because we're nice, lovely people, we answer the question. And the patient will say, great, thanks, bye, click. And you've lost an inquiry. Also, let me, sorry, let me say that again. You got the inquiry, you didn't convert it. But we put it down to, oh, that person was just interested in spice. No, no one's really booking in. But that marketing campaign you're doing, Brad, is, is not very effective. I think you should change supplier. And, and, and principals go through that same supplier number one, supplier number two, you know, PPC campaign number three. It's never the marketing, I promise. Unless you're doing a really crappy campaign, that's different. Sorry to use that word, Brad. But, yeah. you know, marketing is very important. But in my opinion, it's never the marketing. It's always... The, uh, the, the education and the skill set of the person answering the phone. So long-winded way of saying this, we must ask questions. 
person asking questions are in control. So when we get a new in, uh, when we receive a new patient inquiry, and phone calls are the best ones. You get a phone call from a patient, we must first acknowledge, then give information, and then finish with a question. And I want everyone to really, you know, just 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 focus on that. Acknowledge, information, question. A patient calls and will ask something like this: "Hi, I'm looking for Invisalign. Do you do it?" We have to first acknowledge. So we say something like this: "Yes, we do Invisalign." Then we have to give information. Very uh, pleased that you've called. We've actually got a great offer for Invisalign, and we're one of the leaders in the area. And then you must finish with a question, something like this. But before I give you information about our offer, can I just ask, are you local to us? So acknowledge, you must acknowledge that they've asked you a question. Information, give them some information about what they've asked and then finish with a question because when you finish with a question, you keep and maintain control and put them on the answering. Now, again, going back to the very first thing we said, Brad, we're in the business of sales. We're in the business of information. And we have to learn the technique in the same way everyone in the audience right now went to school, went to college, went to university, went to all the training that they've gone through. And they had to learn the skill of treatment care, high-end dentistry. It's not easy. This is, you know, it's a very, very tough thing to learn. But you guys have done it. Hours and years of training. Selling and passing on information to prospective customers is a skill. And, and that's a great way of saying it. So... Brad, I know I went off there, but, but it's really you know what? No, 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 that's that's good. I think you know we've. I mean, we're, we're coming towards the end of our allocate allocated time for this. And we haven't even spoken about the product. Yeah, I know. Do you know what we have? Like, I I think what's going to happen now, people are going to realise because I mean, speaking from experience, you know, the inquiry bot, the you know the thing, and what inquiry bot dot dental. Um, you know, that's where people can, can, can find out about this and speaking from experience, as I've just said, we've had, uh, you know, we've had other inquiries, but two have come through this morning whilst I've been sort of, uh, you know, getting ready to check in my emails. And as, as, as you've sort of alluded to, you know, when, whenever someone inquires about the treatment that we tend to market, which is Invisalign or implants or something like that, you know, that could be quite, quite a decent chunk of money sat on the table and, and all too often, I think we, you know, repel because of the way that we manage these initial inquiries. And inquiry bot gives us that little bit. You know, if, if someone's trying to jump over from, you know, one side of the river, which is they have no idea who we are, to the other side, which is having treatment sat in our dental chair. Inquiry bot's a little stepping stone in the in you know in the you know yeah, they're already hard, they're already the a bit that's it. They're already a bit over there, and it's kind of um, it's just a, a string to the bow that we that we need to. I'm going to use some shit analogies here. I'm going to, a string to the bow <laughs> of the musical instrument that is our dental business. <laughs> that, that's, that's what it is. It's a it's a beautiful business. I've got to say, you know, we're at the event in London yesterday. What a beautiful business to be in. But um, you know, I'm I'm really excited, and and you know, the, my whole reason why I I mentioned that. That, that psychology of sales and that technique, by the way, of, you know, acknowledge information question is such a powerful uh, skill to learn. And it, you can't, you know, it's going to take time. You don't learn dentistry in, in overnight. You know, it takes, it takes time and we have to practice it and we have to practice it. Um, acknowledge information question. It's a beautiful technique. The reason I mention it, Brad, and, and again, the reason why 
I fell in love with the, with the product and joined them to build it for the dental industry is because it follows the same system. It follows that same three-step um, process of it acknowledges, it gives information, and then it finishes with a question to maintain control. So if you look at your bot next time, Brad, you'll see the first three things that it comes up with say, hey, good morning. Welcome to uh, the dental practice. My name's Julie. I'm here to help. Which treatment would you like? And it follows that same psychology. And every single trigger that the patient will choose has the same response. Acknowledge, information, finishes with the question. And it's beautiful. Yeah, I think as well, just as uh, one last powerful message as well that you said, um, and, and I've written this down, that the person asking questions is in control. And that I think that, you know, when you're talking to, so when, let's say on Monday tomorrow, I'll be speaking to some of, um, sort of my team about this and actually just saying to them, I think it's a really good way to put the message across that you need to be getting, you know, because we know we need to get information from patients, but sometimes when people are busy, I think we don't maybe spend enough time doing that bit. And actually, if, if you say to them, right, well, you know, the person that's asking the questions is in control. And I think that'll enable them to maybe view these conversations a bit differently. Because um, you don't want to be too prescriptive and robotic so that the receptionist loses their own personality in the conversation. But I think there are some some certain messages that will help guide them in the way that we want them to interact with patients. And that one, persons asking questions are in control, is a really good way of, of, of saying, I think. Yeah, it is. It is. And, and I learned it many, many years ago. And it's, and it's uh, you know, I do it naturally now. If you, if you listen to the way that I speak, I naturally finish with a question mark. And, and, yeah. I, and it's, I do it now, you know, unconsciously, but I do it deliberately you know, uh, to, to maintain that control. So when I'm speaking to a, uh, a customer or a client or anyone that I want to pass on my information to, I'll finish with something like this. So, so Brad, that's how InquiryBot works and this is why it works so well. Does that make sense? Yeah. Or, uh, you know, the patient journey goes from step one, step two, and this is how we should finish. Can I explain that clearly? Yeah. And everything I say finishes with a question mark and it can be as simple as a yes. Yeah. So, uh, Brad, did you did you have a great breakfast? Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, that's a question, yeah. but I finish with that uh, question. Oh, um, um, so it, it, it's, it's a technique, and um, no, it's 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 very important to realise. And you just mentioned something that made me smile, which is you know receptionists and scripts and robots, and I get this all the time that when we try to implement a new sales process based on psychology for the patients, which is more important, staff generally respond with something like, oh, I, I, don't, I, I, don't, I never use a script. I, I don't wanna be a robot. I've been hired for my personality. And again, that's a really nice way of saying, I don't wanna learn it, when actually you're missing the point. The point is this, you have to learn the process and the script. You can't read it. If you read it, you become a robot. We don't, yeah. want, it, we don't want it stapled next to the telephone, right? And, and, and every phone call, you've got to answer these questions. And, you know, when Nin told me, you, you, uh, dear patient, I've got to go through this. No, you've got to learn the script and then bring your personality into it. You can't read the script. If you're reading script, that's not personality. That's robot. So yeah, there's a technique in there. And that, that's down to training as well. All right, Nin. So if people want to get hold of you, how do they do that? 
uh, yeah, thank you very much. So they can, they can go to, I mean, I would invite everyone to go to inquirybot.dental. That's the, uh, the, the website. Uh, they can also type in Nim Gandhi Patel into Google and, uh, you know, you can go, that will take them to my profile site. There's a link on there. Uh, but I would, I would encourage everyone to at least try it. Um, you know, it's on your website as well. Um, but I, I would, if they want to see a demo, we can do that. Um, and if they want to book a, a meeting with me, uh, it's on, that's on the website as well. So inquirybot.dental uh, is the site they can go to for seeing it work uh, and, and also get in touch with me as well. And I, and I really appreciate you allowing me to do that. Awesome, Nin. Well, uh, thank you for your time on a Sunday. And then, uh, yeah, I will be in touch anyway just because we can talk about my inquiry bot. Yeah, awesome. Thank you, Brian. I really appreciate it. Yeah, take care, Nin. See you later. Bye.